0: hey good morning everybody i'm your host felipe you're listening to the total basis podcast and with me is my co-host austin spiro Austin, how are you doing this morning
1: all right felipe w- waking up a little early but i wake up early every day how about you
0: yeah same i'm you know what though I, i've been doing a lot of thinking and i actually prefer waking up early for these things as opposed to doing them uh on monday nights because uh by Monday night, the coffee's already completely worn off. But right now, I have a little pep pep in my step because the coffee is brewing through my veins at the moment. So yeah,
1: my brain is p- pretty clear right now. Usually, when I'm doing my podcast, I do my podcast kind of later in the afternoon or later at night. Yeah, and it's always like after I get home from work or something. So I'm always like, wait, what am I even talking about? <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I appreciate you waking up super early. I know you're you're probably uh. Have that rhythm going for yourself because you are a teacher, but right. uh, I know it. you'd rather be sleeping in on a weekend, so I do appreciate you coming in.
1: As, no problem. Uh, I always enjoy uh, coming on the podcast and talking. So, All
0: right. Well, let's get to talking as I am in a very short window this morning. Uh, we have a lot to cover. We're going to be talking about Defensive Player Awards. Um, so we we, as of course, we are the total basis podcast. We do things a little bit different. I honestly, Austin, did not even bother seeing the finalists because I know it was going to be a popularity bullshit contest, or it was going to be one of those where the it was going to be the best offensive players getting a defensive award, like always. But uh, uh, they've been doing a lot better lately. Um, uh, the uh, the uh, what who are these people? The authors, the writers, the writers have been doing a lot better lately with using some of these more uh, new modern uh, statistics Yeah, I nominate these guys. Uh, what's your take on the whole uh, awards here?
1: Um, I think the defensive awards have, it's really has been a popularity contest. You are, you are correct. Um, and it's taken a while for the defensive awards to catch up. The offensive awards were a popularity contest for a while, but I feel like the, you know, it's it's gotten way better um, for the offensive, but defense is slow to catch up. And I think yeah. right now it's better, but it's still not all the way there. I mean, Salvador Perez is a finalist for catching gold glove. So, <laughs> you know, you, when, when you have a catcher like that, who's who's loved in one metric and is the worst in another metric, I don't know how you could call them a gold glove finalists but at the same time defensive metrics are not very reliable anyway so maybe that's why it's more of a popularity contest at this point
0: yeah and uh well i got the my spreadsheet up and running over there uh a name a very notable name that wasn't that was here last season and at the top of the lists of every defensive metric i could find uh was uh nolan arenado and I just realized that he's not even on this list at all. So uh, I guess the Coors effect is real if even Nolan Arenado's defense isn't measured properly by um, defensive run saves and ultimate zone uh, rating.
1: He's in the, he's the NL, fi- he's an NL finalist. Yeah,
0: like I said, I don't care about the list until I'm going to just see it at the end and see oh, what happens. Oh, but I thought I, you were
1: talking about he's not a finalist. I'm no, no, yet. no.
0: I'm talking about the spreadsheet I'm sharing right here. Like, oh, yeah, also, yeah, yeah, yeah. So for okay. those who can't see it, every year I, I, I try to do my own unique take on these awards by using the advanced uh, statistics over at Fangraphs.com. And the two stats that I like to use are defensive run saves and ultimate zone rating. So uh, what I do is if a, if a player finishes in first, I would award them 10 points, right? So Jacob Stallings is at the top of the list. And so is Carlos Correa in terms of defensive run saved, otherwise known as DRS. And then if you get, you know, third place, you get eight points. Fourth place, you get seven points and so on and so forth. And if you get 10th place, you get a point. So it's a three-way tie for 10th for place with Tyler O'Neill, Ryan McMahon, and David Fletcher getting at least uh, uh, notable um, defensive run saved uh, rankings there. Uh, so Jacob Stallings, number one on the defensive run save metric um, at catchers, with, along with Carlos Correa, who had a, a really good bounce back year with uh, Sean was here to talk about this because we I know we did a mock draft late last year and we were so excited it was a 30 team tag by the 30 team uh, draft and we were so excited to get Carlos Correa in the first three rounds uh, as we thought that was going to be a steal so the fact that he not only bounced back offensively but defensively I don't know about you Austin but it looks like that back uh, that was always his issue was his back problems looks like his back is, uh, is squared away at the at this point would you agree with that statement
1: um, yeah, I think it, I think it did. I don't think he was, I don't think he really had any problems with it this year. Um, mm-hmm. and I didn't really see anything that made me suspect of his defense. I think he had a good bounce back defensive season.
0: Okay. So I will ask, is he at least nominated this year, uh, at shortstop?
1: Uh, I believe he is. Let me check really quick. Uh, shortstop AL. He is.
0: Yep. He's in there. Yes.
1: Yes. That, uh, the AL is Carlos Correa, J.P. Crawford, and Andrelton Simmons. Man,
0: well, we'll, we'll get to that in a bit. Uh, <laughs> all right, so uh, for those who don't know, Defensive Run Save, otherwise known as DRS, is a defensive statistic calculated by the Fielding Bible. Uh, uh, that, that's the uh, organization run by John Dewan, who has been – I don't know, man. Uh, uh, the, everybody complains about these advanced stats, but I could honestly remember John Dewan being uh, uh, on the local sports radio station uh, once a week in the mornings talking about some of these advanced statistics and everybody found them interesting. But 20 years later, now everybody's getting triggered by it. I'm pretty sure people are pissed off that there's a spreadsheet on in, in their, on their screen right now and, and that we're talking <laughs> about defensive run saves and not what's the, what's the fielding percentage, I guess. Yeah. But John one is pretty much a pioneer in the industry. Uh, And it's, you know, it, in the way the Fangraphs frames it, it rates individual players as above or below average on defense – And it's uh, measured in runs above or below average and blah, 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 blah. So basically anything above zero is fantastic. Anything below zero is not good. And I believe uh, cameras are used. That's why it's not as popular anymore because of StatCast that use the microchips to measure baseball, uh, the baseball player movements, which uh, I wish Sean was here again uh, to explain those a little bit better because those are more of his area of expertise than me. Like I said, I like using the fan graph statistics that are available because they're easier to navigate. Um, so, yeah, this is a, a, just another way to measure defensive value. Ultimate zone rating is the other metric. And that, in that one, you can see Michael Taylor finishing with 10 points. So he finished number one um, on this list, along with Harrison Bader at the top of the list. And Matt Chapman run out the top three in ultimate zone rating. Now, you going are to ask me, well, what the hell is ultimate zone rating? Although it's known as UZR. Uh, is another advanced defensive metric according to Fangraphs that uses play-by-play data recorded by Baseball Info Solutions. So these are two different statistics from two different uh, companies Uh, that use their own um, uh, intellectual property to measure defensive value here. Uh, And again, I believe cameras are in play here. They're being used. So basically, the way I understood it when I I used to be, because there's a lot to cover. We could do an entire show on both of these statistics alone. But basically... Uh, a player is measured by uh, how well he fields a certain play, right? So if a pl- if a player makes a play that 95% of players make, then this is a really dumbed-down version. So, again, I encourage everybody to go to Fangraphs and read more upon this if you're interested. But if a player makes a, a play, a third baseman, for instance, makes a play that 95% of third basements make, he gets like .05 of value, right? But if he boots that ball, then that becomes a point. Nine five, right? And that is a really dumb way to uh, to uh, to explain that. So, um, I like I said, you guys got to read up on it because it's it's like pages and pages of definitions. And but that is a really dumbed down version to explain what all these statistics are. It, it really does go out of their way to say, okay, well, if player A is able to clean this ball, uh, uh this is able to defensively clean up this ball uh, without any troubles. Then he should just be rewarded for making an average play, and that's it, nothing more, nothing less. But if another player messes up that ball, then he should be severely penalized because 95% of players can make that play. Conversely, if only five percent of third basemen can make a single play that it's impossible to make, you know, the the Nolan Aronados of the world who always appear on on the highlight reels, then he should be awarded like Nolan Aronado did last year when he was with the Rockies, who got who got all the defensive runs saved, all the ultimate zone rating uh runs above average that he could handle so uh, um am i making sense here austin i know it's a lot to take in and i'm not making a, a i'm not trying to teach a course here i'm just trying to explain as quickly as possible what these defensive metrics are but does that make sense to you what i'm trying to do here
1: Yeah, it does make sense. The one thing that I always thought was interesting was I did read that they use cameras. um, And I thought that was really interesting that they use cameras to come up with these metrics. I'm like, isn't that a fancy way to just say, we use the eye test?
0: Yeah. (laughs) Like,
1: Uh, I mean, that's what everybody, everybody else can use their eyeballs and like, do the same thing they just kind of take it a step further so that just kind of shows me that right now we still have some work to do in terms of these defensive metrics because they're still kind of relying on just the eye test um but you know they, they do go a little bit deeper but you know they use cameras to make that uh, determination
0: right right and uh, that's actually a good point I, I never thought about it that way uh just for the simple fact that i mean there is some data From what I understand, there is some data uh, being measured with these cameras, you know, Uh, and it's still not 100 percent accurate like it is accurate with the outs above average. And again, I wish Sean was here to explain that further because he actually did work for the Tampa Bay Rays organization. Uh, It was his job to uh, measure to make those measurements uh, on camera for the Tampa Bay Rays double A players. So he could tell you more about that as to how all that works. But you know every team I'm pretty sure and the rays are are uh, no exception uses something different uh in yeah. terms of measuring defensive metrics and player movement and all that so but yeah I, from what I remember there it, yeah you could make a good point saying that it's, it's the eye test literally it's it's a visual but I believe that there's uh, some algorithms and numbers tied into those player movements on camera to make that determination as to if this player's you know, play at at third base for example was actually average below average or above average so right so that's that's that take there but yeah I never thought about it that way that it's technically still the eye test but
1: It's, uh, it's just a fancy way to do the to do the eye test like we can all do the eye test but you really have to know what you're looking for and have to look at everybody on a consistent basis in order to make that determination so what the cameras are doing is taking that out and putting a metric in there. So we don't have to constantly look at all the players for all 30 teams to figure out who really is the best defensive player.
0: Right. And, uh, as for back to this list here, that combines both DRS and UZR. So basically the total here is, you know, whatever, how many points I gave for DRS plus however many points I get for UZR to a certain player. And that's the total Michael A. Taylor, you can make an argument was your best defensive player of 2021 followed by Harrison Bader, uh, and you'll see that uh, this thing is littered with a lot of outfielders, so I'm going to try to highlight them really quick. There's Miles Straw, another uh, not just any outfielders, but centerfielders are everywhere. Kevin Kiermaier, uh, and, and there's one thing that these guys have in common. They're all freaking fast, right? They're, they're all right. pretty fast outfielders, and then you get to Avesel Garcia, which I was not expecting him to be there. So that's kind of interesting. And then Jason Hayward is on that list too, but Jason Hayward has been a mainstay on these defensive metrics for almost a decade now. Uh, who's he, a lot? Tyler O'Neill is another outfield that shows up on the overall list. The only catcher that shows up is Jacob Stallings. I've been doing this for a long time now, Austin, where I try to combine both DRS and UZR metrics. This is the first time – this must be the first time I've ever seen a catcher show up on this list.
1: That's uh, – that's pretty crazy. Yeah, that must, that's that got to show you how good of a catcher Jacob Stallings really is and how underrated of a catcher Jacob Stallings really is.
0: Jacob Stallings finished in second place in, in, in these uh, metrics. Now, DRS is the only one that measures catchers, and that and DRS is uh, is the statistic that is used to calculate the Fangraphs war. So it's not surprising that he moved up. But not only did he move up, if, if you guys go to the leaderboards over at Fangraphs, he was like above and beyond – the best catcher in terms of that defensive metric, there. So, uh, I, I think it's time for us to uh, really celebrate Jacob stallings here. And you can say whatever you want about, oh, how maybe the, you know the It's all about the eye test, and you know you can't really properly measure defensive statistics. But these are defensive statistics that have. I mean, we well, Sean and I we we went through this list already, and it's like a who's who of defensive catchers. You know, uh, Yasmani Grandal is at the top. Yadier Molina is at the top of these lists. You know. Uh, Tucker Barnhart is usually at the top of the list. Oh, you're going to say, well, who cares about Tucker Barnhart? But he's one of the, he's known as not just uh, 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 one of the best defensive catchers, according to many scouts and eye test people, but also the metrics back up with, with the eye test uh, proves. Uh, who's the other guy? Austin Hedges, another guy who comes with a reputation of, of being a really good defensive catcher. He usually makes it to the top of this leaderboard as well uh, uh, on the catching side of things. So, but we'll break it down. A little bit later, but yeah, I just wanted to point out also it's litter with shortstops. So there's Carlos Correa, uh, anderton Simmons, who you just mentioned, and Kevin Newman, who I'm not even is he I'm not even sure if he's on the uh, on the on the writers ballot, but we'll get to that in just a bit. So yeah, it's basically you know uh, I guess the only surprise that I saw here was Ke- Brian Hayes and guys like Austin Riley. I, th- I never realized how good they were, and, and Ryan McMahon as well. I never realized how good those guys can be defensively. Uh, did you have any idea that the three guys I just mentioned, Hayes, Riley, and McMahon, were this good defensively that they would make it to the top 18 on this list?
1: I would have never thought any of those three would have made the defensive run saved. I guess you could make a case for Austin Riley, but I think that's because of his bat you'd be like okay well if he has a good bat obviously he's a mainstay he's got to have a decent glove yeah um, uh, but I don't believe either Hayes or Riley I'd have to look back at it. I don't believe Hayes or Riley are finalists for the gold glove but McMahon is um so obviously somebody saw him and realized he was a good he was a good defensive uh third baseman but no I would have never guessed any of those three would have been in the top 20 in terms of your metric here
0: so yeah that's interesting we move on to the next tab and uh yeah this is that kind of show where the spreadsheet will do all the talking for us because why not right the information's right there might as well share with all the class here with the rest of the class (laughs) i'm sure you appreciate that as a teacher as well like how many teacher jokes are you gonna make today shut up that's (laughs) that's how many (laughs) <laughs> uh so yeah i guess this is a much bigger list so i can't get everybody it's uh, i don't know why it didn't sync up properly here but uh no problem no biggie we'll just we'll manage how we manage so in um how, what i was gonna say here so within defensive runs saved and UZR ultimate zone rating there are there are even it breaks down into tinier metrics right like what you thought that you couldn't get enough of these statistics, it, it, it gets even more complex and more complicated. So there's statistics for for range and arm for outfielders. Right. And I believe RPM that you see right here, that's where defensive that's the defensive runs metric and the Ranger RNG uh, capital R. That's where the UZR. And this is supposed to measure uh, outfield range, right? I mean, it's also done for infielders, but for this exercise, we're going to do it for the outfielders. And as you can see, according to the defensive run, saved the best uh, range, according to their metric, was Manon Margot, along with Harrison Bader, Michael A. Taylor, Mike Krzyzewski, so on and so forth. But Manon Margot uh, getting some love from the DRS people. And when we do the UZR metric, at the top of the list, it's Harrison Bader along with Jackie Bradley, Michael A Taylor, Miles Straw, so on and so forth. So both defensive metrics are not 100% agreeing with each other. But it's I just find that interesting that they both have a a wide range a wide range of uh, players that they can go cuz I I only gave points to the top 10. 14 players are listed here so and not all of them um aren't agree uh, uh, are in acquiescence here. As you can see Manuel Go got first place in RPM but that's I believe that's eighth place in the UZR Ranger metric that they like to use. So, once again I calculated both metrics based on how, what what how they ranked on the, uh, on those statistics. And once again, Harrison Bader at the top of the list with the best range, according to those two metrics used by DRS and UZR, followed by Michael A. Taylor, Jackie Bradley, Manuel Margot, Kevin Kiermaier, so on and so forth. I mean, is there a name? I mean, this is a who's who of outfield, defensive outfielders out here. Is there a name in the in, on this list that you see here uh, from Trent Grisham all the way up to Harrison Bader that does not make sense to you here?
1: You know what? No. Because they would all make sense to me if you told I don't know. Adam Duval um I guess would be the only one that I'm kind of like, "Oh, really, Duval, that's interesting." But then we're looking at him in the World Series right now and he can actually he can move pretty good out there in the outfield. So, you know, and that's the thing with this is there's so many outfielders in the MLB is when you try to look at them all, you're going to miss somebody. Yeah. And you're going to you're going to misjudge you know, somebody and their defensive abilities. And I think that somebody in this case, for me anyway, is Adam Duvall, because I thought he was mainly for a bat. You know, he had that, you know, he had a decent bat, right. but I mean, he's got a glove too. I mean, it's obvious in the top 12 in best outfield arm and range. Um, one thing that's interesting is, yeah, you're right. It's the who's who's of defensive fielders. When you think in terms of like, brand names like this is a big name in the out in outfield circles i think you can argue that the first big name in outfield circles is 18th on this list in bryce harper so you know you you really you're really giving some spotlight and some love to some of these lesser known outfielders that still have a that still have a purpose and they they're they're valuable out on the field um and to comment on what you're saying that it's not very it, they don't agree these metrics don't agree especially for the outfield because I was a former outfielder along with a catcher there's so many different aspects of an outfielder mm-hmm. you have to have the speed you have to have the range you have to have the arm you have to have the accuracy you have to you know there's a whole lot of things a lot of aspects to take in consideration in the outfield so it really doesn't surprise me that these statistics that these uh, metrics don't agree with each other because not every outfielder is good at every aspect of the outfield. Right. So, you know, it's, it's interesting to see which ones they're good at and which ones that are not.
0: No, that's a very good point. Uh, and Duvall does it, it is my surprise as well. It just goes to show you how uh, valuable he was to the Atlanta, and, uh, uh, Atlanta Braves this season. Cause if he was a bad outfielder, uh, there's no way that they could, Take full advantage of his big bat, his saving, his season-saving bat. If he was a terrible outfielder, I'm pretty sure they would have noticed and they would have uh, limited his play time and and all the and all the things that come with uh, being a, a a negative outfielder. But he held his own this year, so according to the metrics and and Bryce Harper did not finish in 18th. He did not place uh, on the range. So, like I said, only from 14 up right here. Oh, that's true. Yeah, where, where Bryce Harper gets points is because he has a pretty damn good arm. Yeah, And let's get to it. Let's uh, let's go to the arms race here. And uh, just like uh, they like both metrics like to use uh, uh, their own statistic to calculate range. They also like to use their own statistics to calculate how strong uh, outfielders arm is. And number one, according to defensive run saves, uh, our arm uh, metric, Joey Gallo at the top of the list, along with Adam Duvall, Lourdes Gurriel, Adoles Garcia, Michael A. Taylor showing up again. um. And so on and so forth. So, uh, unlike the other metrics, I didn't combine the range and the arm because DRS and UZR do that. But this is literally just what these met, what both metrics say about these two aspects. I just want to know about the range and their arm. So, if you go to UZR's uh, metric, Adam Duvall at the top of the list. So Adam Duvall not only could field, but he has an arm that people should be afraid of. Yeah along with Adoles Garcia, Lourdes Gurriel, Abacel Garcia, Michael Taylor, so on and so forth. So who has the best arm in all of baseball? Adam Duvall getting 19 points here Uh, total, along with Adoles Garcia, Lourdes Gurriel, Abacel Garcia, Michael Taylor. And then Bryce Harper finished sixth in terms of the arm and Joey Gallo seventh. Go ahead. Do you
1: know what's interesting? I'm looking at this spreadsheet right now. In terms of total arm, when you look at the top, 14 in terms of total arm there's only three of those that finish in the top three or four of those that finish in the top 13 in the other metrics that you looked at so it's almost like if you have a good arm it it the rest of your defense suffers where I I don't know it's it's really interesting to see the difference between the first defensive metrics that we talked about and the arm yeah Uh, And it it just be flip flopped.
0: And I just wanted to mention that you mentioned something in the uh, when we were talking about range. And I I wanted to point out, well, that just speaks volumes to how specialized this game is. You got, you know, you have your 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 speedy outfielders who can cover every single aspect of the outfield, and then you have a specialized position, uh, with some of these outfielders who have a power, uh, a powerful arm that that's built like a cannon, like the UNSSP, of the world's, yeah. Uh, the metrics show that he was a very sloppy outfielder, but you know, no one's going to mess with his arm because even, even these defensive metrics show that you want has had a killer arm that you should not mess with. So here's,
1: here's the next thing. Correct me if I'm wrong, but are most of those that are ranked in the arm or that, that are ranked in the total arm? Aren't most of those right fielders? Uh, let's see. Uh,
0: Adam Duval's is a corner outfielder. Adoles Garcia. I believe he's also a corner outfielder or I, I thought I saw him play center field. I don't remember, but Lourdes Gurriel, also a corner outfielder. Abacel Garcia, you saw in the other metric, he was a, he was listed as a right fielder. Taylor's a center fielder. Bryce Harper's a right fielder. Joey Gallo's a corner outfielder. Austin Hayes, I believe he's he's been known to play all three positions. Same with Alex Verdugo, all three outfield positions. Starling Marte, all three outfield positions, although I, as he's getting older... Uh, I don't know how much you want him playing center field, but right, uh, Tyler O'Neill again. He's been known to play all three off-field positions. Uh, so you know what I'm seeing here, Austin, is a, a lot of these guys get penalized for being versatile. That's the one thing I don't yeah. like about these defensive metrics. But there's a good reason for it. I mean, it, it takes a lot of a sample size uh, to to break to break out on these defensive metrics, and unfortunately, there's just no way to combine them all. I mean, there probably is, but they're they're not gonna do it. Um, where you can combine every single. I mean, maybe there is, maybe you guys can tell me how to do it uh, on Fangraphs. But as a like Javier Baez is a good example. He he, you won't see his name at the top of many lists. I would literally have to go out and look for him and see where he qual. You know what his defensive uh, metrics were for second base, shortstop, third base, because he's so damn versatile. So yes, it versatility does get you killed. So that's the one thing I don't like about some of these metrics, but for outfield, they like to combine all three positions together. And that's why you see a lot of, uh, what do you call it? Uh, a lot of, uh, uh, I, I mentioned a lot of outfielders that could play all three positions. Right. Uh, out here. So,
1: um, yeah, it over- seems like in terms of total arm, those guys either play all three outfield positions, which makes sense because right field is usually your strongest arm. Yeah. Or they're right fielders. Yeah. Which again, right field is your strongest arm. So, You know, you don't see any. I mean, besides Michael A. Taylor, who's predominantly a center fielder, um, you I don't really see I don't really see any like left predominantly left fielders or predominantly center field. Michael A. Taylor is the only one. So they play at least some sort of right field or corner outfield position, which I yeah, just just looking at it, I thought that was interesting.
0: No, it is interesting. And that's that was expected by me. Like again, center fielder usually gobbles up all the range metrics all the the all the total defensive runs and ultimate zone rating metrics uh but yeah a lot of these guys they play all three positions dylan carlson i could have sworn that he's been listed as in all three positions this past season same thing with romeo tapia i thought so again i think it's just the versatility that kind of kills a lot of these players uh but i could have sworn that for outfield they're able to combine them all together but you know someone can correct me that's fine i don't i don't mind being corrected but that, that those are the numbers that I was able to find for both of those metrics. Moving on to the infield. Oh God, I gotta hold on. Boop, 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 boop. I gotta make this bigger for all the people to see out there. Let's make it up to. Uh, that's a good number. There we go. There, there you go. Let's freeze the pains. I'm all, I'm in pain right now. No, you can't. Oh, there it is. Uh, all right. So I hope people can see that on on their little small tablets and telephones and whatnot. But that is the but Be- I, I I did it by range as well here for the infielders. There's the RPM that defensive run saves like to use, and the ranger, which the uh was that um UZR likes to use. So, how do these players stack up? Let's start up with the defensive run save Carlos Corey at the top of the list, followed by Anderson Simmons, Cabrian Hayes, Isaiah Kiner Falefa, the former catcher listed it. as a shortstop.
1: Go fin- Kiner Falefa.
0: Yeah. Yeah, he's up there on the list, finishing in, uh tie for third, actually, along with Cabrian Hayes on this uh, range metric that defensive run saves likes to use. And uh, Austin Riley rounds out the top five at third base. Over to the UZR metric. Trey Turner. I mean, no argument for me there. Followed by Marcus Simeon, Jose Ramirez, who finished uh, tie for second. Simeon and Ramirez did. Carlos Correa at the top of the list at top uh, five again. And Miguel Rojas and Javier Baez. There's Javier Baez. See, that's what happens when Javier Bias can just concentrate on one position. He shows up on the leaderboard finally, right? <laughs> so, for the total range, and again, uh, for a lot of these, it was minimum 700, 750 innings played at each position. Because, you know, I thought, I think what the fangirls likes to do is they like to go minimum 900 innings played. But I like to always drop it down to like 700 or 750. I did 750 this year. And there's your top five right there according to both the range metrics that both DRS and UZR like to use. Carlos Correa, Marco Simeon, Jose Ramirez in third, Trey Turner in fourth, Anderson Simmons in fifth, and then uh, Kebrian Hayes' is Isaiah kiner of rounding out the rest of the top six here, I guess. Uh, I don't know how far deep you want to go. 21 players were ranked, uh, but any surprise names
1: that you see there? Not a surprise name that I see. But a surprise name that I see down lower is Matt Chapman. Mm, yeah, I would have thought just by eye test that Matt Chapman would have been higher, knowing how good of a th- defensive third baseman he is. Yeah, um, I was surprised. I'm surprised to see him way down there. And the other thought that I had, I don't see um, Nolan Arenado. I-, I told you he's nowhere to be found. I, I think it's that course field effect, man. Yeah, I I think it's just it's very interesting, like Miguel Rojas and Isaiah Kiner-Falefa, Brian Hayes are above Matt Chapman, who has been heralded as, you know, one of the best defensive third basements in the league. But now that I'm looking at it, there's only three third basements on this list. Mm -hmm. You got Austin Riley and then you have um, McMahon, and then you have Chapman. So when you look at it in terms of third baseman, he still is one of the better third. He still is one of the best third basemans, but it's just, there is a lot of middle infield. Oh yeah. You know, middle infield is where all of the defensive players go. So, you know, that's, it's just really interesting. I would have not expected to see Matt Chapman. I mean, 19th is still good comparatively to all of the, you know, infielders that there are in the MLB. Just, I would have thought he would have been a little higher.
0: Yeah. And this is just strictly about range. So it's no surprise that this list is literally with short stops and second baseman. Right. So this is just about the range. I was just kind of curious to see how both metrics, if you combine both of those metrics, how they would uh, measure up literally. And uh, yeah, so it's not surprising, but it's like the old adage, baseball adage. So again, going back to traditional baseball thought and uh, eye test mentality. The most important players go up the middle: catcher, second base, shortstop, and center field. So it's no surprise that center fielders and shortstops and second basemen gobble up a lot of these uh, a lot of these numbers. You know what I mean? The, yeah. The, the 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 guys with the most range usually are shortstop and then second base, right? So there's a reason why they get uh, ranked uh, pretty high in terms of WAR because they get a little bit more credit in terms of the positional uh, their positional difficulty um, in the WAR metrics as well. So breaking it down a little bit more, so that's just the range. So RPM plus minus run save evaluates the fielder's range and ability to convert a batted ball to an out. That's the definition over there. Uh, other things that are used in the D, uh, DRS metric that would uh, we would look at at a first baseman or a third baseman, uh, bunt, bunt run saved. Literally, that's just for first baseman and third baseman. That evaluates a fielder's handling of bunted balls in the play uh and everything else No, that's it so yeah it was just those two metrics that uh uh, uh that a, a first a corner infielder would benefit from which i didn't use uh and then let's see the range for second baseman i mean we already talked about why they have the advantage the other metric that drs likes to use is something called uh double plays double play runs saved only used to measure second base and shortstop so you can already i can already hear people going wait a minute third baseman can convert double plays first baseman can convert double plays anybody can convert a double play but for some reason they in this metric they only care about can your up the middle guys convert second, uh, a, a double play you know when when uh, when it's grounded up the middle and you know with the shift being intact some of this stuff uh and sorry not just any shift but the extreme shift maybe some of these metrics are outdated already right so There's a lot, a lot of flaws here, which I'm calling out. Uh, Let's see what else. Oh, for outfielders, they have a home run, saving catch, run, save. So they get a, they get. um, That's
1: a that's a really small sample size to be measuring. A lot of
0: this is a small sample size. That's why uh, I didn't I didn't
1: know that there there was enough home run robbing catches in order for them to have a metric for
0: that. Like I said, uh, I mean bunts. There's not a lot of bunts. Who bunts nowadays, right? Uh, That's true. So, but yeah, when you read the definitions and and the articles for both of these metrics, the first thing they'll tell you is you need a very large sample size. Uh, A one season sample size might be a good start, but sometimes you might need multiple seasons to get a really good indicator as to how good these uh, fielders are. Right. so larger is always better in terms of sample size but everybody's about the now you no know, like how has this player done in the last two weeks that's all that people care about is yeah. he on a hot streak is he in a cold streak i don't care about this year to date stats that doesn't tell me anything like okay well if that's the case then why are we doing this right so why why what, what's the point of accumulating stat if all people care about is how has he done in the month of june how has he done since the since the all-star break but you know this is one of the few metrics that they scream at you to please consider the large sample size. Cause like I said, it breaks down into smaller sample size to make a big number that defensive run say that I use at the very beginning right here. Right. So just keep in mind that Michael Taylor uh, finishing at the top of, uh, or yeah, at the top of the list uh, in third place here, they, right. they, they had to consider his arm, his home run saving ability and just overall range to come up with that. Um, metric that that third place finish that he got in drs so interesting questions that you asked man i I really do appreciate that kind of uh i feel like i'm playing a goalkeeper like trying to uh answer these questions
1: the the other thing that i'm noticing is go vladimir guerrero jr so let's go back to the surprising names i would have never guessed vladimir guerrero jr as the first baseman with the most range i mean he's beating out some middle infielders and he's he's just outside of the top 10 he's in 11th in terms of uh total range There, beating out some really good defensive middle infielders so go go vladimir guerrero jr
0: yeah and and uh only three first basemen were, were listed here max muncie and christian walker being the other uh two players so uh some surprise names but again if you're if you're if you really think about it you're talking about first baseman they barely get any plays go their way unless they're their one job is just to catch the ball when it's thrown at you right that's why they have a right. the big they have usually the big mitts the big gloves just yeah. to account for that that's why Anthony Rizzo always has had to switch from a from a first base glove to a to a second base glove or whatever when he was uh uh playing first base for John Lester starts here in Chicago because mm-hmm. yeah he had to feel like a like a regular middle infielder so,
1: <laughs> so. well that, that's because John Lester can't throw pickoffs so <laughs> exactly
0: exactly so anybody try bunting i mean rizzo had one of the best range among first basemen in the last decade or so and but yeah he also uh they they made sure that he he switched gloves uh anytime there was a bunting situation happening because uh you never know when they would do a surprise attack and it, it, I, I, in my opinion it never worked uh for these teams because rizzo was so good yeah and uh lester you know he could feel he just can't throw so it's so if anything, you could throw underhand to Rizzo at first base. So okay. So that's enough about that. Uh any any did we miss? Did we get everything that we needed a to touch here? I, I think, think so. Oh, let's no. yeah, right. So let's move on to defensive catchers. Oh my god, even tinier. Hold on. Let me make this a lot bigger. <laughs> that's what she said. All right.
1: <laughs> uh yeah, uh, that's what I was thinking too.
0: <laughs> so only 12 catchers were listed here. I might matter, let me delete delete all of this here so only 12 catches the dirty dozen so to speak were listed on this spreadsheet here there you go save that sucker and of course jacob stallings and th- my my list does not do jacob stallings any justice here because he basically lapped the entire field here and again minimum uh, what's the minimum 700 innings so i went 700 innings for catchers and uh, I'm, I'm trying to pull it up right now. How ahead did Jacob Stallings finish here in terms of DRS? And his final defensive run, say, oh, right, because I have to uh, break it down to 700. He didn't even qualify. So maybe that's why he doesn't get any love, because he didn't qualify the 900 innings uh, that he had to be behind the plate to qualify, according to fan grabs. But good thing Felipe likes to go all the way down to 700 innings. There he is. And I'll share this screen with you guys just to see. And hopefully Holy you guys can cow. see. Yeah, right?
1: That's a oh, wow. <laughs> he almost doubled the defensive run save for second place.
0: Yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, the one guy who qualifies is Sean Murphy. He got 10 defensive runs saved, right? Jacob Stallings is only eight innings away from qualifying. I, I'm assuming at the minimum, the cutoff was 900 innings, and he's eight innings away from qualifying. So wow. that's why I drop it down to 700. And then a guy like Austin Hedges, like I mentioned before, he has that reputation of being a really good defensive catcher, but he, only, he didn't even get to 750 innings uh, catching behind the plate. But don't worry, Felipe got your back, Austin Hedges. I recognize you. You are the second-place winner. And then Sean Murphy, who's a full-time player, uh, got the 10 defensive runs saved. So let's break it down here. What's that? RSZ, I have it on the other screen. I think that's a new one. This accounts for a, a strike zone uh, framing. I think that's what that is because that's pretty brand new. It's not even on the fan graphs, uh, defensive run save um, uh, uh, definition. So, as so
1: basically this- these, so basically these RSZ and RSB and all of these, these just take different, um, facets of the catching position and say, right. this is how many runs they've saved in this situation. Right. Is basically what it's saying.
0: Yeah, and it and it adds up, and uh, yeah, a lot of these are brand new. So because they're they're DRS is trying to really uh, give the catching position some love here and right. give them their 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 due um, their due credit because before uh, a guy like Yadi Marlina in terms of the WAR factor, was really struggling to uh, move up the list, right? Right. And and it wasn't until they readjusted these uh, statistics that all of a sudden Yadier Molina goes from a, a a whatever catcher to one of the best catchers in the history of baseball. It seemed like, yeah, because it did account for strike zone and for other intangibles that they're now learning how to uh, measure fully. And I'm looking for the new what, what or Arcera means, but I, I, that must be catcher ERA. But let's let's start with the strike zone, Max Stassi, your guy finish at the top of leaderboard in terms of uh, framing, according to this defensive run safe
1: metric. He's been working on it a lot. Cause you know who he has as a catching coach, right? No. Uh, Benji Molina. Oh, that makes so much sense. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Benji Molina is his catching coach. And I was listening to him about, I was listening to an interview he did and that's all he talked about. And you know, historically Benji Molina is really the first guy to really be known for his framing he basically was the pioneer of making framing as valuable as it is now mm. so yeah it really makes sense in terms of strike zone framing that max Stasi is up there because he's got benji molina in his ear so
0: that's that's awesome that's really awesome i mean it makes sense i mean benji molina i mean jose molina yari molina the, the the trio of catcher brothers uh, so let's see. So RSZ is a baseball info solution. Again, baseball info solutions, John. I believe that's John the one uh I guess so it's uh ascertains a contribution each catcher is making in getting more or fewer call strikes than average converted to a run value so yeah that's that's the strike zone I'm strikes sorry on I
1: was incorrect I I, I did the wrong Molina it's Jose Molina not Benji it was a Molina brother all right it's a Molina brother I, I either want <laughs> any of those three Molina brothers they're you're gonna learn how to frame
0: uh so. my Mike Zunino. Now, now, people wondering why Mike Zunino is with the Tampa Bay Rays because he's just a hacker who has a lot. He's a all power, but nothing else of a hitter. He's a pretty damn good um, uh, framer, and the Rays were able to figure that out, and they that's why they went out and traded him, and that's why the Rays constantly have one of the better pitching staffs in all of baseball. Uh Will Smith from the Dodgers. This is what drives me crazy about the Dodgers. So you have a really good pitch framer, and yet you you have him splitting time with two other catchers every single year and he has a really good uh uh bat as well so that 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 makes me so angry but let's move on to the other one i i found the uh let's see i found one thing that i'm finding
1: interesting while you're looking for that is we just talked about how the molina brothers are really good with um with framing and whatnot and for this season anyway yadier molina is at a negative two in terms of run saved and strike zone framing wow he's down at 18th So I just thought that was interesting. We just made a comment about how they were really good at framing and Yadier Molina's almost falling out of the top 20. Yeah.
0: I mean, uh, age is definitely a factor for sure. sure. Yeah. I mean, you can't do this forever. I mean, mean, he's trying to prove that you can, I mean, Carlton Fisk was able to do it forever and then his career ended with the, the white Sox leaving him uh, ditching him somewhere in the middle of nowhere uh, from and kicking him off the team bus. So so yeah, not, not, not to the glory. Yeah, it doesn't always uh, end up in glorious ways like, uh, like the TV and the movies like t- to make you believe it does. Uh, our Sarah, which is the catcher ERA. So I'm reading just a, a really dumbed down version of this uh, definition. That's the run saved affected uh, by affecting the pitcher's ERA. Literally, or basically how a catcher uh, affects on game calling affects the pitcher, right? So catchers have their own ERA at this point. Pedro Severino finishes at the very top of this list, followed by Wilson Contreras, a guy Jacob Stallings, Carson Kelly, and a trio of uh, catchers that finish in fifth place. But it's basically a who's who of of, uh, uh, known catchers that are able to, you know, have those intangibles uh, to affect a pitching staff. Now, the one guy we're not seeing here is Martin Maldonado, who, there he is. So yeah, Martin Maldonado. Playing for a very uh a very what do you call it? Um a very advanced analytical uh, organization like the Astros gets the negative in terms of pitch framing and catcher ERA. So
1: <laughs> and then he doesn't even have the bat to back it up, which I think is really interesting. Like you would you could think, oh well, he's got a good bat for a catcher, which is why he's back there i.e. the yankees and gary sanchez when he had a good bat yeah, but he doesn't he, maldonado doesn't even have a good bat to speak of to be like yeah i belong back here because well I this is what i play and i have a good bat it's this is that's interesting
0: yeah where as opposed to mike zunino he does have that he does have a, a well a better bat than um
1: he has a power bat he can hit bat, it over right. the fence and drive in runs
0: exactly exactly so yeah, I'm trying to find out more about the statistics but I can't see you no know, finance this is not the time and place to do it, but there it is yeah. so but that goes to show you that a lot of uh, Martin Malonado's uh, uh, benefits of being on the team are not are still not properly measured by some of these metrics. so, uh, I'm interested to see what the stat cast numbers would show, but Sean's not here to tell us why these numbers are wrong. The other defensive metric being utilized here is RSB, which stands for stolen base run Saved. So that's basically how good did a catcher do in terms of uh, controlling the other team's running game and gives credit for catchers throwing out runners and preventing them from attempting to, steals, to steal bases. And there's Elias Diaz finishing at the top of the list. So there's the one thing about Salvador Perez—he's a terrible pitch framer, but he still has a powerful arm. That's yeah. one thing I can't take away from Salvador Perez. Oh, and our guy Yadier Molina—no surprise there. That arm is still as good as it was when he first busted out in the majors. And then which Yanko. doesn't, Go which ahead. doesn't
1: surprise me because, yeah, you yeah. being a former catcher myself, Yadier Molina was the one that I really looked at when I when I was trying to model my throwdown. Because when you look at pop time, Yadier Molina has some of the fastest pop times in MLB history when pop time is measured. And it's because he has such a smooth delivery and such a smooth throwing motion Mm -hmm. coming out of the crouch. And he really knows which, you know, which throwing motion you got to do in certain situations. He has that down to a T. So I wouldn't even be surprised if it's not his arm as much as it is the fact that he has excuse me, he has most of the, he has all of those motions down, down to a T and is really efficient. And he does it quickly. So he can get that ball down there really, really quickly and maybe compensate for maybe a, maybe a decline in his arm as, as he's gotten older. Yeah. Uh,
0: to front out that list, Jan Gomes, there's a reason why he's still in the majors because he still has a pretty good arm. And there's our guy, Martín Maldonado along with Sean Murphy finishing with uh, RSB of two. Again, these are you go from a large sample size, and then you, it just keeps getting smaller and smaller and smaller as the, as the run game is not as effective as it used to be. Right. And this is not the 1980s. Sorry guys, but that's the one saving grace. I mean, we saw it in the, in, in the, in these plays, A Maldonado, he has a gun, man. He has a cannon. So don't mess with him. Basically yeah. um, the last statistic that they use for catchers on, on the DRS side, because UZR does not measure catcher, uh, catcher metrics, unfortunately, is what I think is called the uh, good fielding plays, uh, a run saved. And I'm trying to look for that definition because uh, it's been a while since the, uh, yeah, it's, I can't find it, but basically that's, a, that's a statistic that, I mean, it, it is what it sounds. It, it's exactly what it sounds like. It's the uh, good fielding plays run save uh, runs above average, which is a mouthful to say, but I, from what I understand is literally, the amount of good plays that a catcher does behind the plate, right?
1: I was going to say, so I'm, I'm assuming it's probably maybe blocked balls or the bunts right in front. And You can make
0: that assumption. Yeah, probably. you can make that assumption. So with that being said, again, Jacob Stallings, very flexible, very agile behind the plate. There's Tucker Barnhart, I mentioned, Austin Hedges, Yang Gomes, Wilson Contreras. I mean, what, what other names do you guys want to see here? These are like literally – the people with the catches with the reputation of being really good behind the plate, very good defensively. Right. Uh, so I don't know. There's Buster Posey showing up in the in the top 10. There's Yaddy Marlina at the bottom of the top 10, along with Victor Carantini. Who's on the negative side? Pedro Severino. hmm Uh, Gary Sanchez, we all agree he sucks. Yeah. Mike Zunino. Uh, I mean, again, he's a power bat who is a very really good pitch framer, but that's all he is at this point. Um, no, Omar Narvaez, James McCann, who uh Oh, man,
1: that's yeah. tough.
0: They didn't want JT Real Muto because they thought James McCann would be a, a, a better value. And it's just a great value. Literally, it's a generic version of uh, JT Real Muto, who's still at the top of the leaderboard. But you'll yeah. see here, Austin, he's at zero defensive run save. So let's take a look. He um, I mean, that was the one thing about JT Real Muto is Kenny maintained to be an elite catcher for a long time. And it looks like we're already seeing that uh, some of the, um, the dents in the armor already. As he and, well, and, and, Barnhart. and it's
1: really interesting because when you look at JT Realmuto, he does have zero defensive run saved, but there must be a there must be a certain calculation that I'm not seeing here because his his strike zone framing JT Muto's, is one, his catcher ERA is negative Oops. three, and his good field plays is at three, so that would that would balance out to oh one one defensive run saved.
0: You sound like the count right there
1: one defensive run saved yeah so it's
0: Um, so obviously just because these numbers they i guess they don't really add up to anything i guess not there there must be some other uh calculation that's dealt with yeah because
1: jacob stalling five plus four plus nine is not 21 yeah yeah uh, yeah now i'm starting to see it i was okay there's definitely another calculation in there somewhere that i'm not that we're not taking into consideration. yeah
0: max Stassi was the one i noticed right away i mean that that should be 11 not 10 but obviously there's yeah. a different uh, measurement but uh but yeah uh, so a lot, again just like with any of the other positions that we talk about defensively a lot of this is very specialized right right you know zunino suffers from making good plays behind the plate but he makes up for it by being a very good um pitch framer uh jt Muto uh, is just average enough to not hurt you but not good enough to help a, a Phillies team who uh would probably benefit from having a better defensive catcher back there uh what's the negative three four that's for the uh oh that's the, that's the effect that's this play calling the the how how him being behind the plate affects the, the pitcher's era yeah he suffers at negative three right there but he makes up for it by being agile and making really good plays behind the plates you know blocking balls uh feeling the plays that he needs to field and just being the field general that he is so that is his one saving grace and he's still a above a a slightly above average pitch framer so what about tucker barnhart who normally is at the top of these lists he's at zero and right away it turns out at negative seven rcra maybe he's not as good as people think he is in terms of play calling uh, yeah um and then what's the negative oh is that the bunting oh that's a stolen base so his arm is not that good at negative one but he still makes those plays behind the plate that you want him to make uh, buster posey not surprised that he's a negative five he is getting up there in age remember this is the guy who needed an entire year off
1: um, yeah well and what's interesting is the reason why he's down there is his r sarah is negative nine so yeah that's so a lot. he has a hard time calling an actual game which a, i a think cool, yeah according to this defensive metric anyway, exactly. which yeah. is which is really interesting because the rest of it is positive. What's killing him is his catcher ERA.
0: Exactly, exactly, because uh, he could still throw people out uh, who are trying to attempt stolen bases, but it's not good enough to get him in the positive. We just saw Martin Maldonado as well, and the negative side, Salvador Perez. Uh, so, yeah, it's uh, it's pretty interesting how these numbers always break down in this manner. Salvador and,
1: Perez can't frame worth anything. Apparently <laughs> he's at negative 11. That's, that's the worst on this list.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, so, it's just the things that people have been kind of warning us about Salvador Perez for years. And, uh, but again, a lot of him being on the top of this list is basically because he's so it's just, it's just the reputation that he brings. So there's Jacob Stallings. We mentioned he got 10 points for finishing in first place in DRS. Austin Hedges, Sean Murphy, Max Stassi, Elias Diaz, Jose Trevino round out the top six, along with Wilson Contreras, they round out the top six. And uh, there's Yadier Molina finishing in ninth, it looks like. Hmm.
1: (laughs) And again, Max Stassi having Jose Molina as a catching coach has really helped him in his defensive metrics because the thing that got him up there is his framing. Yep.
0: All right, so we have one more spreadsheet to go. I hope everybody can endure it. Uh, I'm just taking a one quick look, see, and no, no, it's like you give people an assignment and they don't freaking do it, right? So I was hoping to get everybody's list on here. And uh, by oh, the
1: way, we're gonna we're gonna have a surprise because I I changed my catcher. Oh my god! You
0: can't change it. No, no, I'm not accepting your your response. That's it. So uh, if uh, if Vince, I'm sorry, not Vince. Uh, he already. is Sean, Henry, and Melvin. You guys can go ahead and uh, give us your list of things to do here. You know, I'm going to tag them right now. Make sure that they get this message at this point of the podcast. The, you guys, isn't it?
1: Isn't it weird that the teacher was one of the only ones that did his homework? Uh, it,
0: I, I'm <laughs> not surprised because teachers are very responsible. And <laughs> this they...
1: is th- this is for you kids. Do yeah. your homework. Teachers have homework too. Do it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh man, but yeah, I'm yeah i can still like share this uh, on the main page on the baseball life facebook group and show who everybody picked now obviously you guys went with the uh with what the nominees were which we're going to get to in just a bit to finish up the show because i am mean, i am running out of time but um let's see here can i uh need your defensive player picks
1: do your homework.
0: Do your homework. Yeah, tell them to do their homework. So do your
1: homework, uh, and I'll give you a candy
0: <laughs> or, or a star. Give them a star. <laughs> All right. So I got. I went with Jacob Stallings, Vladimir Girl Jr. And again, I don't know who's on that. I don't know who the who the uh, writers picked. I have no effing clue. I did not look at that list. I was not swayed by that list. I did my own rankings. I did my own work. I did my own homework. I, I don't. I don't. I don't want to get swayed by any voters who are who are just looking at reputations. But just based on all the numbers that we looked at, Jacob Stallings as my catcher, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is my first baseman. Whit Merrifield finished pretty high in this uh among among these offensive metrics at second base. Carlos Correa is my shortstop, Matt Chapman is my third baseman, and my outfielder is round out by Michael A. Taylor, Harrison Bader, and Kevin Kiermeyer. Austin, go ahead and tell the people who you went with.
1: All right. So what the way that I the way that I figured this out was first I looked at who was the finalist, and then I kind of looked at a combination of UZR, DRS, and then I re, and then I focused it uh, and then outs above average is the other thing i looked at and then i focused on qualifying players which is it's obvious now that i've kind of made a couple mistakes from making this list because i already don't like my catching pick and Uh, not 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 not
0: too bad we're gonna you gotta go with it yeah yeah. we're gonna we're
1: gonna go with it and then for outfield i went left field center field right field so that there wasn't a bunch of center fielders in there um so for my catcher for my catching gold glove. I picked Martín Maldonado. I won't, I wouldn't pick him anymore. I would pick Jacob Stallings, but you know, I went with Martín Maldonado to start uh, first base, Paul Goldschmidt of the Cardinals second base, Tommy Edmond of the Cardinals third base, Brandon Crawford, or yeah. Shortstop Brandon Crawford um, of the giants. Third base is Matt Chapman for the A's outfield Tyler O'Neill of the Cardinals, uh, for my center field pick I have Michael A Taylor of the Royals and to round it out my right field pick was Kyle Tucker of the Astros.
0: All right, you can't go wrong with those picks. I don't think you can. Uh although after seeing Martin Maldonado, yeah, we might we might reconsider. But maybe maybe yeah, like I said, maybe, That was
1: the one I was really like, "Oh, I picked the wrong catcher." <laughs> well, you know, uh like I said, if I was more uh oops,
0: if I was more what do you call it? Um What Vince agreed with me. Yeah. So I mean, uh, Vince uh, has become a huge Houston Astros fan after bashing them all year last year. So <laughs> for I mean for obvious reasons. But uh if, if I was more uh if I could navigate my way through baseball savant and get those stat cast numbers, maybe there is a case to make to be made for Martin Maldonado, but we'll never know. But here's how Vince Mercandetti of the Dong City crew had it. He had Martin Maldonado at catcher, Anthony Rizzo at first base, which we talked about. He didn't we didn't mention him in the def- uh, his name once in the defensive metrics but well, we did talk about him in terms of reputation and eye test and, and narrative here. Anthony Rizzo, Tommy Edmond is a second baseman. Carl, uh, Nikki Lopez is a shortstop. Matt Chapman is at third base. Manel Margot, who we did talk about on these metrics finished at the top uh, of his outfield along with Michael A. Taylor and Harrison Bader. So hopefully Melvin Henry and Sean can get me those picks. in. I know Sean's uh I know Sean's uh, internet wasn't working, but you know what was working is his phone because he kept messaging us uh, talking about how his internet not working. So, so
1: no excuses, in of, Sean. In terms of out above average, I really like that Vince picked Nikki Lopez because and in terms of out above average, Nikki Lopez leads all MLB shortstops with 24 outs above average. He's four outs above average ab- uh, 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 in front of second place, Francisco Lindor with 20.
0: Oh, Okay. All right, so you have that up already?
1: I have, I have baseball savant up, yes. All
0: right, just send me that link. Uh, we'll see if we can get to uh, talking about it uh, soon. So, okay. Uh, oh, oh, breaking news! Breaking news! Yes. Why? I, I knew if I bully these people long enough that they will get to it. We got Henry's picks in. <laughs> <laughs> nice, thank you, Henry. See, there's a, see, oh, the, Henry's many things, but one thing I will definitely say about Henry is that he always always comes through the clutch so i'm (laughs) typing those in but you know what why don't you uh, share with the rest of the class how those uh outs above average look like uh in terms of um i don't know just tell me something about that while i saw here
1: so outs above average is um it's basically another defensive metric that is measured in baseball savant um basically this is this is the definition that Baseball Savant has. It's the cumulative effect of all individual plays a fielder has been credited or debited with, making a range-based metric of fielding skill that accounts for the number of plays made with the difficulty of them. So it's very much like DRS and UZR. It takes their range. It takes stuff like that, and it it's basically a very similar statistic to that. Um, and I broke it down so I can we can go with. Um, you want to go with infield, outfield?
0: Let's go with infield really quick because I, I feel like outfield is – we're pretty much going to have the same names there yeah, as we do. Yeah, so
1: infield, in outs, above average. So um, – and this is – yeah, for qualifying players. Yeah, qualifying. Do you want me to lower, lower the filter down to 700 maybe? Oh, no. uh,
0: it's, it's it's up to you man how are you yeah, it's, do it?
1: okay among qualified we'll do qualified so qualified infielders number one at 25 outs above average nikki lopez of the of the um, royals number two francisco lindor Number that he's got 20 so nikki lopez had five outs above average uh, over that um number three nick ahmed of the oh. Diamondbacks at 19. Number four, Matt Chapman with 17. Number five, Andrelton Simmons, 16. Brandon Crawford is number six at 15. And then Brian Hayes yep. pulling out pulling out a top seven uh, run there with 13 outs above average. Uh, Tommy Edmond is eighth with 13. And uh, Ryan McMahon is 12th, rounding out the top 10. Carlos Correa. With twelve uh, for the out for the outfield, you got any, you got anything to say about any of those before I go to the outfield? Nah, no. Nah. Okay, uh, let's go to the outfield. So the outfield leaders in outs above average: number one, Manuel Margot with seventeen; uh, number two, Michael A. Taylor with fifteen; number three, Harrison Bader with fourteen outs above average; number four, Miles Straw with thirteen. Uh, number five, Chaz McCormick with 12. That's pretty shocking, actually. Um, number six, Kevin Kiermeyer with 12. Number seven, Adolis Garcia with 12. Brian Reynolds of the Pirates has 11. Cedric Mullins has 11. And rounding out the top 10, Brett Phillips of the Rays.
0: Wow. Um, you know, people were saying, I, I think it was Sean who said, um, there, Sean was saying that, uh, what was it? The hell is he saying that it got, it's getting to a point where maybe Phillips might be better than Kiermaier, which is to me is just blasphemy, but I could see where he's coming from now after, after you read me that list. So
1: according according to this metric, Kiermaier is only two outs above average, better than Brett Phillips in, in terms of the 2021 season.
0: Well, wow, that's interesting. Yeah. So maybe it is getting to the point where, uh, what do you call it? Um, he, uh, uh, what am I trying to say here? It, it's like a changing of, of the guard, so to speak.
1: Almost. Almost, Seems yeah. Like it. yeah. Seems
0: like it. Like I said, age does play a factor in this. All righty then. So let's move on really quick. Lightning round. Uh, this is the last thing we're going to talk about. So I'm going to share my screen one more time here. As we're going to go live. We're going to go live. <laughs> Work, damn you. We're going to go live and we're going to try to predict who these stupid writers are going to pick for their uh positions here starting with the american league i didn't realize that pitcher was the first at the top of the list and as you saw i didn't do a pitching list but who do you go with for the nominees the nominees are jose Berrios, zach Greinke, and dallas keiko who do you go with
1: zach Greinke. uh
0: should we do uh, should we do who the writers would vote or who we would vote as the, if we were writers how, how do you want to do oh, this
1: i thought i thought we were doing who i thought the writers would vote
0: Okay, so you think Granky's going to win? Uh, I think,
1: I think Granky will win just because he's won so many of them, and it, this is more of a popularity contest, so I think Granky will win.
0: I'm going to go with Dallas Keuchel just because of reputation. He has a reputation of being a, a, a clubhouse leader, even though it, it seems like some of the younger White Sox players are annoyed by him, but the writers love that kind of nonsense. So yeah. At catcher, we have Martin Maldonado, Sean Murphy, and Salvador Perez. Who will the writers go with this year?
1: Uh, probably Maldonado.
0: Yeah, I think so, too. I think so, too. I think uh, now I think a lot of this is, is this one of those where it's like, well, these names were already picked before the playoffs. I think so. OK, yeah, I think Maldonado is going to win then uh, either way, you know, because.
1: Either way, even even if it even if they take the world, which is not fair, if they take his World Series his playoffs into consideration, Martin Maldonado would win anyway.
0: All right. At first base, we got Yuli Gurriel, Matt Olson, and Jared Walsh. Who will the writers pick?
1: The homer in me wants to say Jared Walsh, but I really don't think that's going to be true. I think it'll be Olson.
0: Oh, oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I picked Olson too, just because, oh, well, he plays with Matt Chapman. Therefore, he's going to get the award. Right. Yeah. All right. David, second base at American League, David Fletcher, uh, Whit Merrifield, or Marcus Simeon.
1: Who do you have? Simeon.
0: yeah when in doubt was- i was gonna say when in doubt they always go with the uh with the offensive player yeah but i'm gonna throw a curveball i'm gonna say that they're gonna pick david fletcher just because
1: what so <laughs> just- if i picked david fletcher you would have been like that's such a homer pick
0: <laughs> i mean it would be but we are trying to predict who the how, how these writers think so uh, these writers they love they love a good narrative they love a good storyline to write about on their papers and their and their internet sources and all that nonsense so uh, I think David Fletcher, you know, here's a scrappy young player who just goes out and gets his uniform dirty and gets after every ball and is the one saving spot, well, along with Joshua Atani, but he's the saving grace of that Angels infield. I think Marcus Simeon, yeah, I think what, when Marcus Simeon, I envision some of these writers go, you know what? His offensive numbers are too good. He must not be a good infielder. So, Maybe. yeah, I, I think this – And I he think,
1: has struggled – defensively in the past so yeah
0: so so we'll see about that uh at third base uh i mean henry and his uh spiel he says just renamed this the matt chapman award already so matt chapman jose ramirez or joey wendell who's gonna get the hardware this year at third base
1: third base Uh, you're you're putting it in the wrong place
0: uh third base oh oh i hate when they do that so yeah third base i meant
1: yeah, third base. Third base, it's got to be Chapman. Just, you know, yeah. Name it the Matt Chapman AL Gold Glove Award for third base. Like, it, it, at this point, it's going to be Matt Chapman.
0: All right. At shortstop, Carlos Correa, J.P. Crawford, or Anderson Simmons?
1: Oh, that's a tough one between Correa and Simmons. Um, I'm thinking Correa because he's a bit of a bigger name and he's got more of a sample size.
0: That's exactly what I was going to go with. It's a bigger name. J.P. Crawford, come on like, so are they even trying maybe
1: Crawford ain't going to win it. The only reason why I thought maybe Angleton Simmons is simply because he's won some before, but Correa's the bigger name. And I think he's got a bigger sample size at shortstop.
0: Exactly. Exactly. All right. My wife just gave me the eye. So let's get moving here. Oh, they did this by left field. Outfield. Oh God. Uh, okay. That's so why left-
1: I, that's why I did my list that way. Cause it's left field, center field, right field.
0: Oh, they're so lame. All right. Uh, Randy Arizona, Andrew Benatendi or Lourdes Gurriel
1: that one's tough um i don't know with those three You okay you want to go with that all right i'm gonna
0: go with uh i i'm gonna go with i i
1: I, I wouldn't be mad at that i that was those were the two i was thinking in my head
0: all right center field who do we have center field is kevin kirmaier miles straw and michael taylor wow that's that's a heavyweight battle right there it
1: better Uh, be michael taylor
0: we'll see we'll see i mean you i think these writers don't want to give too many awards to. Uh, teams on lo- uh, 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 players on losing teams, I should say. Yeah. So, uh, I mean,
1: I would say Michael Taylor, but I wouldn't be surprised if they picked Kiermaier.
0: Yeah, Kevin Kiermaier is the standard, but if they want to go somewhat, you know, new, then that's the player to make. Yeah. Uh, Hunt, uh, right field, Hunter Renfro, Kyle Tucker, or Joey Gallo.
1: Tucker.
0: Yeah, I think so. I think reputation is going to take over there as well
1: reputation and gallo is known as a bat and not a glove He is a very underrated glove so yeah. i don't i don't think they'll give him the gold glove
0: all right finally National League, uh zach davies max Fried or zach wheeler who you go going with here for the writers wheeler oh okay i'm going with max Fried. just because uh i don't know reasons who knows who cares it's the writers yeah. there's no right? there's no it's reason the writers
1: for i mean we could we could be totally wrong on all of this so
0: yeah, I I have a feeling we'll be right on some of these. Uh, catcher Yadier Molina, J.T. Realmuto, or Jacob Stallings.
1: Yadier Molina. <laughs> just like just like third base and Matt Chapman, you might as well name this the Yadier Molina NL Award for catcher because yeah,
0: like. they know they'll never hear the end of it from those lunatic Cardinal fans in St. Louis. <laughs> right. <laughs> At first base, Freddie Freeman, Paul Goldsmith, or Max Muncie. Freeman. Uh, okay. Um, yeah, ah, screw it. I'll go with Freddie Freeman, too. Again, I think it's one of those where the bat will translate into the f- defense, it seems like, for these writers. Yeah. Second base, Ozzie Albies, Tommy Edmund, or Colton Wong?
1: Colton Wong.
0: You would think that, wouldn't you? But I'm going to go with uh, Ozzy Albies again. Well, if, if Freeman is good enough, then therefore, Albies should be good enough. And then you have that whole right side of Braves players getting the hardware. Yeah, least, right. I'm just trying to think like a writer. There it is. At third base, Nolan Arenado, Manny Machado, and Ryan McMahon. Who do you have?
1: Probably Arenado.
0: Oh, yeah. The metrics might not agree, but the writers will always, always, always vote for Nolan Arenado, even when he doesn't deserve it. So, yeah. uh, Let's see here. Shortstop, Brandon Crawford, Francisco Lindor, or Kevin Newman? Crawford. Yeah, his team uh, finished with the best record, therefore.
1: Yeah. Lennon and Crawford, Lindor, sure. Lindor didn't play enough.
0: Yeah. And Kevin Newman. I'm surprised to even see that guy there. Kevin so.
1: Newman's on the Pirates. He ain't winning nothing.
0: Yard. Tyler O'Neill in left field. David Peralta or AJ Pollock. Who do you have? AJ Pollock. Wow. I'm going to go with Tyler O'Neill just because I, I have a feeling that these guys are afraid of Cardinal fans.
1: That dude is jacked. He looks like he downed a can of spinach and is ready to go fight Bluto. That yeah. dude is. jacked. That
0: dude is jacked. He looks like he took some needles in the back room and just went to town <laughs> on his arm and his toes and his fingers.
1: Holy cow! that dude is jacked.
0: Yeah. Well, either that or he just dehydrates himself to the point where he gets that sculpted body the way he likes it. Cause he's, yeah. cause he's a guy who's like, you know, very, um, self-aware that he needs to look big in order to impress other people. Yeah. He's a loser and he, and he's a Cardinals <laughs> player too. So, uh, okay. La, uh, center field, Harrison Bader, Brian Reynolds, or Jackie Bradley jr. Um, this is, this is an easy one. Uh, yeah. Harrison Bader. Yeah. Again, I, I have a feeling that they're afraid of Cardinal fans, uh, uh right field, Mookie Betts, Adam Duvall, or Mike, this Betts
1: because he's a bigger name,
0: bigger name. And, uh, yeah, I think Adam Duvall doesn't have that reputation. And Mike uh kind of had a down year this year in, in terms of offense, so.
1: Yeah, if, if I mean, in terms of metrics, I would have picked Duvall, but I think the writers will pick bets
0: All right, last thing we're going to share, we're going to share Henry's uh, picks because he got him in at the last minute. So thank you, Henry, for sharing with us on time. Still waiting for Melvin and Sean. Jacob Stallings at catcher, Max Muncy. He had this to say about Max Muncy. I almost went with Anthony Rizzo, which Vince went with Anthony Rizzo here. At second base, Tommy Edman. At shortstop, Francisco Lindor, because uh, 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 what's his name? Um, I can't think now. What's his name? Henry. Sorry. Uh, I'm being, I'm rushing here. Henry uh, can't help himself. But I'll go for the Puerto Rican player here. Uh, <laughs> Matt Chapman. Henry is going to start a petition at moveon.org to rename the award, the, third ba- uh, the Matt Chapman Award. <laughs> and then his outfield consists of Michael A. Taylor, Cedric Mullins, and Harrison Bader. And that is the list right there. So Austin, thank you so much for uh, joining us today. We will see you guys next time. I got to end it really quick because I guess I'm getting the stink eye from people. So take care, everybody. We'll talk to you soon. Have a good one.
1: See you later, everybody. Have a good one.